One, two, three, four, five. Welcome back to the TMCJ podcast. We are on episode 60. Big success. Yeah. Nine episodes away from episode 69. That's the big countdown right now. We need to stop mentioning it. It's not going to be a special, Kaiser. <laughs> okay, I'll stop after this episode. <laughs> Maybe I'll mention it again on episode 68. Yeah. Anyway, this is uh, going to be... Our run segment one, our topic segment. We've got two interesting topics today. Movie segment segment, or no, media segment segment two. And you guys watched a movie. Um, yep. But uh, we did not. Let's say me and Alessia, not the audience at home. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, I'm sure all of you out there have watched <laughs> movies before. Um, if not, where the fuck have you been? <laughs> and I have no idea what we're doing for segment three, but we'll figure it out. Indeed. Um, but the first topic, and uh, I thought about this because we were playing Amnesia again yesterday, and mm. this time it was your turn to play it, and so I was just watching. It, and it's something we've talked about on that playthrough a bit, is, um, like, for whatever reason, like, watching scary movies, watching people play scary games, I have no problem with it. Like, I can sit there perfectly relaxed, the, the scares don't get me, I'm just like, okay, great. When I play the games, when I'm actually playing a horror game, it scares the ever-living crap out of me. <laughs> because yeah. if, if it's done right, like if it's like an atmospheric kind of game, like the, and Amnesia does that very well, just the creepy sound effects, the decided lack of music in a lot of cases. Um, yeah, and for reference, like, I, I'm definitely not good with horror. I was editing one of the Amnesia videos the other day. You don't know about this, Kaiser. Hmm. And so I was recording the, the intro uh, voice part where I'm like, Last time on Amnesia! <laughs> right? And I put that into the um, into the video. And I was playing the video. I was waiting for um, a different part of the content. And I forgot I put that in there. I hadn't adjusted the volume on it. So it was a little bit louder than normal. And I fucking jumped so hard my knees hit my desk. <laughs> <laughs> like just on the recording, the the editing software. Holy crap! Yeah, jump scares. Yikes. Yeah, they don't. Sometimes they they get to me. Honestly, I I jump more when we're playing like a, a multiplayer like shooter game like Splitgate, and somebody pops out of a portal next to me. Yeah, it's 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 the moments when it goes from complete quiet to bam. <laughs> yeah. Um. Although jump scares are kind of cheap. In my opinion. They are, but also they get your adrenaline going, which is kind of—I mean—it's a good thing. Yeah, it's part of the point. But I—I I yeah. think the the more effective ones are like the um, the tension building stuff. Yeah, well, that's what really hit me in the uh, amnesia episode yesterday, um, because we spent like the first half of it reading notes and just being in a creepy place. So my nerves were building and building and building and building yeah. to and the point like where eighty—you almost 80 jumped when you—you almost jumped the, when God damn it. Right. You almost jumped when you brushed against a curtain. Yes. Well, that curtain made a very loud noise. And you yourself said it was kind of a fucking weird... Like... But yeah, no. So it was very sinister. And it built up, built up, built up. Until it got to the point where a cripple in a chair was, like, incredibly scary to me. That's terrifying. Which I get wrong. Anyone who's watched... Um, I was going to say Inception. Not Inception. Uh, played the game in the hospital. Um, the, the green one, there's two games of it. You go into a Mount Massive 
hospital. I can't believe I remember the name of the hospital, not the fucking game. Well, what's the name of the hospital? Mount Massive. Oh, I, I have no idea. Um, Outlast. Oh, Outlast, okay. Anyone who's played Outlast or watched Outlast will know how creepy some people, like, old people sitting in rickety chairs are. Yeah, for some reason wheelchairs are creepy. I don't know where it Yeah, wheelchairs are very creepy. Because they, especially the old-fashioned ones, you know, like the wooden ones, mm -hmm. with the... the um, there was... Yeah. Uh, so I played, um, the only Bioshock game I played all the way through was Bioshock Infinite, the one that's in the Cloud City instead of the underwater one. Hmm. And I played that one because it was much, it was much more my style. Like I don't, I don't really actively go to play horror games. It's just not really my thing. I don't, I don't enjoy being constantly tense for like a yeah. half hour playing through a game. Um, and that game was much more like rip roaring adventure rather than horror. You know, it's mm. running around shooting, firing fireballs and stuff like that, flying around on zip lines. It's a lot of fun. Then out of nowhere, near the end of the game, there's this really, really creepy chapter set in an insane asylum with these crazy alarm bell-looking guys that run around and you have to sneak past them. And near the end of the level, like, I'd managed to sneak successfully, not alert anyone, and get out of there. And then at the end of the level, there's a long hallway with a light at the mm -hmm. end of it. And I'm creeping down it. There's no sign of enemies. And a wheelchair, just empty wheelchair, just rolls out from yep. behind a pillar. And I remember the moment playing this. It was like three years ago. And I was like, no, fuck this. I took out the revolver and ran down the hallway shooting it in the air because I just couldn't take the tension. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I remember playing, um, what was that? Oh, hang on, it's literally under my desk. The Last of Us. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, the Last of Us? I played the original one, yeah. Yeah, so this, this is the, yeah, it is the original one. Um, so I was given it on PS5, the remastered version. Mm -hmm. And don't get me wrong, I've seen it before, but it's really... I think you mean PS4. Yeah. PS5 is the one that looks like Seto Kaiba. Oh, yeah, sorry, PS4, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it looks like Seto Kaiba. Um, the, hey, uh, the, the, the game, that game, so, because I, I put it, I'd seen it before, so I put it on, like, a really high level difficulty. In fact, probably the highest level difficulty, I think. Mm. And so I was really setting a challenge for myself, but it's also really scary. It's meant to be really scary. Yeah. And... So I was like conserving on bullets. I was, I was doing everything like that. It was fucking easy, because a large part of the difficulty in that horror game, I think, they've overestimated how disabled people will be from fear. Yeah. Whereas I was just not at all scared by it, and I found it really fucking easy to get past. And you and all the part. Sorry. Go on. No, no, no. Finish your story. All the parts where it was stealth segment, these these clickers, I think they're called. Yep. Where they make <coughs> noises and uh, they're blind, so you got to like really slowly creep past them, right? Mm. Whenever I got to one of those segments, I'd just sprint through it, and not because I was afraid, but because they were actually not as fast as you. So there was no point in creeping. I just had to run through the part, and that was like that skips out massive chunks of the game time. And yeah. saves me a bunch of materials because I'm not having to heal myself, and I'm not shitting myself in a corner, hiding behind a desk. Yeah. Like, boom. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Yeah, um, and that's why, like, in so no, I keep interrupting you. You go. On. No, I was just gonna say you and I had very, very similar experiences with that game because I, I also beat the remastered version on PS4. 
Because it was one of those games that everyone said was a classic, and I did I did enjoy it, but I also had the same experience where I'm like, this isn't scary at all. Well, I didn't even beat it in the end, I got bored. I got to the point where, um, you know the school gymnasium? Yep. It's a boss battle. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. I defeated that, and I think I died once during the boss battle just because I didn't understand the mechanics. And that was the first time I died in the game. <laughs> and that's like, what, two-thirds of the way through? Yeah, yeah, it's pretty through. pretty near the end. Um, yeah, and so I was just like, you know, this is this is a joke. This is the hardest difficulty, and I've died once two-thirds of the way through the game. I haven't even played this game before. Yeah. It wasn't a, like... I, I beat the game, like, not for the... Because the stealth mechanics were tedious, and there was ways to cheese around it, like you're talking about. Yeah. Um, I kept playing the game and did eventually beat it because I did enjoy the the dynamic between the two main characters, and like. Yeah, no, it is, and that's why, like I said, I've watched it previously before, and I'm glad I had because it comes over far better as a TV show than as a game. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's one of those those types of games. Hmm. But yeah, not not really didn't really feel like a horror game to me. That's why when you mentioned it, I was like, I guess that technically is a horror game. Yeah, because there's zombies and there's like mold infesting people and yeah, like I don't know. But yeah, that's why in whenever you're freaked out in a horror game, you just run. Yeah, um, that's the best way to do it. <laughs> I just a uh, mild spoiler for that amnesia part when it goes up. Uh, the the person, the cripple in the chair, Blue's talking about. Blue was very tense, very afraid something was going to happen, and all I'll say is it's very surprising what does happen when he eventually, you know, triggers. I think know. that that counter method, though, that you suggested was brilliant. That calmed me right the fuck down. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I suggested cheesing the level, and um, so Blue piled a bunch of chairs on the guy's head. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Uh, yeah, yeah, we are having a lot of fun with. We're, we're doing two playthroughs right now: Amnesia and A Way Out, and we're yep. they're both you know co-op in their own. A Way Out's actually co-op, um, uh, but Amnesia is we're just trading off who's playing, and uh, it's, it has been fun. It has indeed. Um, but anyway, which I'm enjoying more to be honest. Anyway, go on. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So that I mean, that's that's really it. It's just it's interesting what, what was does, the original topic you brought up. It was things you know what scares you, like in uh, movies and video games. For me, the the topic was like, you know, when I'm playing a game, that actually does you know make me tense, make me afraid. Like if the atmosphere is right and the game you know builds up the tension correctly. Mm. Um, and but when I'm watching a game or watching a movie that's like a horror movie, it doesn't really bother me. Like I, I had a friend uh, growing up who loved horror movies, and would occasionally yeah. like <laughs> drag me to them, and um, yeah, she'd be scared, tense, and whatever, and I'd just be laughing at the thing. Although, yeah. <laughs> sorry, just there was one movie that we actually legitimately walked out of the theater because it was so ridiculous. Um, what was it? It, it, it was called like the fog or the mist or something. I want to say it was called the fog. Right. And it was about a killer fog in Maine that was, like, eating people or something. I don't know. It was weird. Right. Uh, got to be halfway through the movie. People, you know, idiots are partying out on a boat in the harbor. And yeah. then the fog yeah. comes up and they all disappear. And they're investigating the boat the next day. The cops are out there. And 
no, everyone's gone, there's no sign of him, and they open the refrigerator, and then the black dude's in there, hiding in the fucking refrigerator. And it just, they, they, is the, I don't know if it was the musical, it was like, duh, and he's just right there. And he's, like, all frosty and just looking at him. He lived. Hands you an ice cream, shuts the fridge. <laughs> and, I mean, he was the only one that lived, and because he was clever, he hid in the refrigerator. It was like, okay, you know, the guy had his, but it was, but it was so yeah. ridiculous I mean, that we both busted out laughing and just left the theater. I was like, this is so stupid. If a fridge can stop a nuclear bomb, it can't. Why can't it stop? <laughs> we, you're we've seen it. It works, Kaiser. That for those that don't know, he's referencing the fourth Indiana Jones movie, Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull. <laughs> Or survives a nuke by hiding in a fridge. Not, he would have been pulped by the impact alone. Yeah, well, I was gonna say, also the fact that it, like, it flies up in the air, like, miles away, and then lands. Like, ouch! <laughs> as are, well. Are you telling me that, you know, your refrigerator doesn't have shock absorbers? <laughs> Alright, let's, let's uh, move on to the next topic. I think we'll uh, well, keep... no, I was gonna say, oh, oh, go like, um, horror-wise... It must be... The problem with horror games, horror games have no replayability. Because there's there's kind of two ways you can do horror. Either one, uh, like, it's a creature chasing you. In which case, the moment the creature catches you, all mystery as to what happens evaporates. Because the creature catches you, he, like, gives you a big hug, and then you respawn, and you're like, okay... Yeah. So if he does catch me, he's just gonna hug me, and I'm gonna respawn. It's not scary. Yeah. And so that loses its um, attention. Equally, if you do it the other way, which is like cutscene horror, which um, I mean, Outlast does both of these very well. But there, there are parts in Outlast where there's like body horror, and that's like, oh shit, that's fucking oh, shocking. Yeah. Same with Resident Evil, you get, like, your fucking hand chopped off at the beginning in yeah. 7. But the thing is, yeah, you, and you get used to it. Yeah, because, like, by the end, you are you have no hands and legs, and you're just a potato trying to walk around a mountain house. <laughs> Sorry, that was a bit... Um, but, like... They, they even try... In Resident Evil, they have the thing where they like, you splash a bit of oil, you know, on your stump, and your hand grows back, and you're like, Wee! I'm just a... I've regrown my potato parts. Well, um. I think this is this is something you can only use shock horror and like gore so much before it gets tedious. Um, yeah, this is not a horror game, but running it. Doom and Doom Eternal, the the most recent remakes, the 2016 one and then Doom Eternal that came out last year. Um, mm. Both of those, they're very very gory. Like the you can do the execution kills, you chop people in half with a chain. Not de they're demons, not people, but by the by like. Stab something in the eye. Like by the time I beat those games, I was so jaded to the like the gore in those games. It was just I didn't even notice it. It was just like, yeah, oh, okay, yeah. Slash. Oh, damn, gotta do that last part again. Yeah. Oh, the, somebody put ketchup on the screen. Um, mm. like it was, but so it's the same thing with horror games. I feel like that that shock horror and gore can only work for so long, and yeah, and. The same is true for the atmospheric horror games, because, yeah, you're going to be tense and, like, really, you know, uh, tense, scared, whatever, going through the first time because you don't know what's going to happen. But you play it again, you already know what's going to happen. It's like, okay, this is room, nothing happens in here. Oh, I move yeah. this shelf and that thing pops out of the wall. You just, you know 
from the previous playthrough. So you really... Yeah, there really isn't much replay in, in horror games. No, and... Um... If, I, if, we, if we weren't recording it, how I would probably handle horror games is that I would aim to try and die as quickly as possible. Because the sooner that you die, the less tension there is built up. And so once it's gone, it's gone. It's like ripping off a band-aid, right? Yeah. Like, the first thing I'd do is like, oh, there's an alien monster. Let's go kiss. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then once you got that out of the way, it's like, okay... So I just have to dodge around him and to avoid that and get the next part. This this um, is why, like, whenever people try to... This is why, like, trying to put, like, moral messages and stuff in video games never works. Mm. Because people who play video games to any serious extent, unless they're, like, really into, like, role-playing in the games or something like that, um, they're not going to follow... Like, they're going to look for the optimal solution. A perfect example of this is in um, Fallout 4 and Skyrim, where the... Um, and Oblivion, I think. For lack of a better term, term the uh, younglings in the game. You know, the oh, yeah, they can't die. Yeah, they, they're immortal. So in Skyrim, what you do is you bait a dragon to fight one of them, and then if the dragon's distracted with him, he can't die. So you can just wail on the dragon forever. It's, it's it, a little ethically uh, unsound, but, but yeah, but that's it works. the thing. Like, if you, it's a video game. You know, that's not—it's yeah. not a real person. So you just—you just—you're uh. aiming for the optimal solution. So it's a really good way. If you can get a drag—if you get dragons near a town, it's a really good way to. Uh, if you can get mm. them to to, it takes a little bit of doing, but you know. <laughs> that's my point. Is like they—they they did that because they didn't want like. You know, videos of people going around and yeah, doing being yeah, doing that on on YouTube or whatever. But because they did that, because they made these characters immortal, people did even worse things. Wasn't there like a really fucked up child in Fallout Three? Um, I vaguely remember like a really sinister. Oh, maybe I'm maybe I'm thinking something else. Well, What's... in in Skyrim, there's one that's part of the Dark Brotherhood, who's like a child vampire. That, oh like... yeah, did you kill her? You can because you killed the Dark Brotherhood. In that. That's an option. Yeah, I don't know what happens with that character. I never tried. Um, um, I I the, the one time I found them, I actually played as the Dark Brotherhood. I like I actually joined I their faction. Clavicus Vile forms as a one of the gods, the one mm. with the dog. Oh yeah, the the Daedric, one of the Daedric gods. Yeah. He comes as a child. Clearly he knew the power of children in this world. <laughs> oh my god. Oh! <laughs> just like, just no. like, Mayroon's Dagon descending to Earth. <laughs> as a little girl. <laughs> this this conversation has gone weird. <laughs> oh, these these are all uh, characters, what we're talking about now, these are all uh, god characters from the Elder Scrolls video games, Morum, Morrowind, mm. Oblivion, Skyrim. Um, Ball. God. Alright, let's let's move on. <laughs> Sorry, yes. Okay. What's my topic? Oh yeah, right, okay. So Um every nerd out there has come across the conundrum in the past where they're like, right, in half an hour I've gotta start working or get food or something like that. Yeah. How much gaming time can I fit in? <laughs> Before I have to be responsible. <laughs> yeah. And uh, that's that's the, the topic today is... The games that have different, like, 
uh, match timers. Yeah. So, Kaiser and I used to play a lot of CSGO. If we were doing... Uh, back in the day when you could only do 5v5s, a game could take an hour. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't uncommon for it to take an hour. But, I mean, then Wingman came along, and those matches were like 20 minutes. Yeah. And that was like crack to us. Well, it's because... So, the issue... And we're mostly going to be talking about multiplayer games here. But... Yeah. And the, the other perfect example is League of Legends versus Heroes of the Storm. Those are both yeah. five-player MOBA games. Um, thing. And, again, the, the, it's a night and day difference in the match length. Yeah, CSGO, I... First of all, it's there's 16 round ma matches, right? Well, no, no, it's best best of... It can be as much as 31. First uh, to 16. First yeah. to 16. So you could have 31 rounds, and that can take... like, And the rounds are like five-ish minutes each, unless they go very quickly. Yeah. Also, I don't know why 16. It seems like a really, like, shit number. Like, go 10. Like, I struggle to remember how long matches take, because there are so many different games out there with random fucking numbers you got to get to. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't have a clue why they decided on that, but, but anyway, again, annoyingly long. League of Legends was the same way. You'd play... The, the thing that really got to me on it is, like, a single match could take... I think they averaged somewhere between 30 and 40 minutes apiece. But they could go over an hour, or they mm. could end in 15 minutes if everyone decided to surrender. But that's just 15 minutes in-game. You also spent another, like, you know, five minutes queuing for a game. And then another, like, you know, five minutes selecting characters and stuff like that. So it it's a significant time investment. And the fact is that most of those games, like, if the game was going poorly, and they can start going poorly very early, you're stuck with it going poorly for at least another 10 to 15 minutes. Yeah. It's just, and it, so, yeah, they're just, hard to, here's the storm, by comparison, the matches, like, 15 minutes is a fairly long match in that game. Like, the, the really long ones can go for almost, like, a little over 20 I'd minutes. Say a fast game is 12 minutes. Yeah. I'd say the average game is about between 15 and 18, yeah. yeah. I've been in games where it's gone over 30, but those are very rare. Yeah. Um, and also, like, it's it's not that you can't quit the game. You can quit the game, but... Because you're playing either rank... You're, you're playing online with other people, and the devs don't want people just quitting out halfway through because they're yeah. losing the game or they're feeling salty, so you get pretty bad penalties to your account if you do quit out midway. And you can't pause the game either because it's online. Yeah. and But that that is... It's a necessary thing with competitive online games because mm. it, it ruins it for everyone else if one person has to go. Granted, if you got, you know, life events going on, something's going on outside, you know, yeah. I don't know, if your, your wife's giving birth... <laughs> then yeah, quit the game because the punishment is just like, oh, you can't play for another half hour or something half like hour, that. Yeah. Or half if you hour. do it too much, then maybe you get banned for like a couple days or a week or something like that. Um, yeah, but uh, like I, I've, I've, you know, as you know, been playing a lot of Final Fantasy, and I was halfway through a trial the other day, which is like a big boss fight with eight people. So if uh, if someone goes AFK, they're essentially wasting seven people's time. Yeah, but like my dad just turned up at the house, and I was like, "Oh crap, I'll be right back, guys." <laughs> and then I come back five minutes later, four or five of them had already like just quit because they couldn't be asked to wait for me. Mm. And I felt 
shitty about that, but at the end of the day, it was like, okay, they made the decision. But it's, and, yeah, it, and it's not a, it, as long as it's not a common thing, like, I, one thing I took, no. took pride in, like, all my time playing Halo games on Xbox Live, I never quit a match. Not one time. No. There were times I got disconnected because my internet shit the bed, but... Oh, yeah, that happens over on there. Yeah. Fortunately, it, I, I, it seems to be a thing that I never get... I always get disconnected when I'm doing something stupid and not, like, important. Mm. It's very rare that I have... Like, I've been very lucky in that respect. Um, that being said, you, you saw how fucking mad I got earlier this week when I rolled a 90. Oh. Gaming, Shit. yeah. They, it, they, they really do... You know you've found like a good game when you can really get invested in it like that, and it's like, oh, yeah, damn, you know something went wrong. And... But also, I should explain that kind of. Yeah, yeah, sense. go for it. So, in Final Fantasy, there are these things called mounts, which is like uh, horses and you know Birds. things that you ride uh, to get around faster, and they look really cool, like the fat chocobo. <laughs> <laughs> Still my favorite one. I mean. Yeah, I guess. Um, so, you you get them by doing... They, they're quite hard to get. So, I was trying to get one by doing this thing called trial. A trial takes up to one hour to do. And there's eight people there. And there's a small chance that once you've beaten that trial, that one will appear. One mount will appear. And everyone in the party, so all eight people, gets to... Uh, get, Basically put in their lot as to whether they want it or not. And so everyone who's put in their lot rolls a, uh, a digital dice mm. that is 1 through 100. And whatever number you get, whoever gets the highest number gets the item. Gets the mount, sorry. Yeah. And it's incredibly frustrating because you're, you're working on not just one percentage chance of something coming up, but two. You're working on, first of all, whether it drops in the boss. Second of all, whether you get it with the dice roll. Um, and what I was roll, I, I, I've, I've been rolling really well recently. I got like a 70, and someone got an 80. And then the other day, I rolled a 90, and I was like, fuck yes, daddy's getting his mount. Um, <laughs> and then I look at the chat, and someone rolled a 98, and someone else rolled a 99. Now, frankly, if I had been that guy that rolled a 98... I would have been hysteric. <laughs> I would have been so angry. And I, I was angry because I rolled a 90. But, hot damn. I was, yeah, this... So, to give some reference, I've been trying to get, like, one of these mounts for about a month. Yeah. Like, but, this is how much commitment you need to this shit. <laughs> yeah, but sometimes those are, I mean... That's not something that's just true for, for games. It's true for, like, life in general. When you actually, like, put a lot of time and effort and work into something, and then you get it, it has more oh, value. Oh, yeah, the feeling is amazing. Yeah. So. Um, but, yeah. Oh, my God. It's been a while since a game has made me this, like, a, a non-online game. Because online games, you get happy and sad moments in every game. Mm. But having an... I mean, technically, it is online. It is. It is a multiplayer game. I was curious where you're going with that. But I mean, it's not. It's not like you know. You didn't get a ten kill streak because anyone can fuck get a ten kill streak. It's just about shooting people at the right time in the right place. <laughs> but like putting work into something, like building up and up and up and up, and then finally getting something, is it feels 
it's a different experience, I'd say. Yeah. Yeah, and they do a good job, like, you know, building that, that feeling up. Um, yeah. Anyway, I didn't mean to sidetrack us onto Final Fantasy again. No, no, it, it, it it's fine. It, I mean, it, it's relevant to the topic, though. Because we're talking about time investment, and those instances you're talking about, yeah. Um, but, yeah, in multiplayer games, I've found, as I have less and less time, I, I find myself less and less patient with games that take that long for one match. Splitgate's mm. been amazing. That that Splitgate, well... It's a first-person shooter we've been playing, and that game... Like, an average match is, like, maybe eight minutes. You say that. But. But. We love to play takedown, right? Yeah. And there have been matches of takedown where single parts of that match, like, first round part... Yeah. ...has taken ten minutes. <laughs> True. And we forget that it's even the first round. We're like, we're on, like, round six, right? No. We're on the first pass still. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Takedown does take a while. But it's it's broken up into chunks. Like, they're independent yeah. matches. It's not one match that is cumulatively going on for 40 minutes. There is no round timer. And the fact that we can respawn means that it's a game mode that can potentially take an hour. Although it never will. <laughs> yeah, somebody... Eventually, one team is going to screw up. Yeah. Um, I should explain the way that that game mode works. It's a three, 3v3 match. Two teams of three. And um, every time somebody on the team dies, the collective timer for when you can come back and keep playing keeps going up. And it goes up even faster if two people die at once. And, but if you take down a couple people on the enemy team, then your timers go down and their timers go up. A person wins the round, or a team wins the round, when the entire enemy team is waiting to respawn all at once. So once you've simultaneously taken down all three... So it gets progressively easier to take down all three people at once, but it also, if your team is dying a lot, then it gets progressively harder to keep everyone alive at once. Yeah, and so you get rounds where literally you wipe the whole team really luckily in the first, like, 15 seconds of the match. Mm. Or alternatively, we've had matches where, like I said, it's gone for 10 minutes where neither team could quite get that advantage. Yeah. Very fun game. It is, yeah. That's the current game that we're on, anyway. <laughs> Quite a bit, yeah. See how we're see where we are in a month. Honestly, that game is the perfect like work night game for me because I can just you know log out of my work laptop. It doesn't take a whole lot of like it's not very very stressful. I can just sit there, pl turn on the controller, and just you know. Maybe turn... for you, it's not. Oh yeah, sorry. <laughs> I get ridiculous amounts of, of server issues I, for whatever reason. I was like so laid back last night when we were playing. Like we were, were playing, it was a fairly intense game, but I had my chair reclined, I was just like sitting back and ah, it was good. Anyway. Yeah, Kaiser was actually telling a nice little story and I was so angry I interrupted <laughs> and I just swore loudly down the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, was, I was, It's not, see it's not fun because you love playing the game, but it's when it's not optimized properly. Well, connection issues are always, yeah, that's always going to be a problem with these games. It, I'd rather have just been shot in the head by an enemy, because then I'm like, alright, fair enough, the guy did well. Instead, mm -hmm. I'm literally immobilized. I can't see what's happening in the game, and the guy is, like, dancing around my body, teabagging me. <laughs> in, in game. <laughs> it's like, I'd rather just see him doing it. Um, Instead, you're getting a slideshow of it. Indeed, and... Maybe it was the streaming, because I was streaming at the time, but... Uh, 
it happens even when I'm not streaming it, so it's like... Yeah. I don't know. But Minion um, Masters. That was another game. Maybe that was a really fun game for me. Um, it's kind of a card game mixed with... It's it's like a... way I play it, it's a 2v2. Yeah. It's like a tower Both defense card friends. game. Uh, yeah. Tug of War? I wouldn't say tower defense because that's more bloonsy. More Tug of War then? Yeah, a Tug of War is a very good way of putting it. Um, there was a spree of games around that time that came out that were all basically the same thing. But Minion Masters is quite a nice polished one. Um, and the matches will take about seven minutes. I first... I'm just thinking back. I first played that game in Switzerland. Right, were you on one of your... I was, yeah, I was on a work trip, and um, you and Mass were online, and I logged in, and I was like, you were talking up this, this new game, and I was like, alright, you know, downloaded it on the hotel internet connection. It was perfect, because I could play it on my, my laptop from uh, from the hotel room. Yeah, and if if you did get disconnected, it's like, okay, seven minutes of my life gone, that's fine. Yeah. At most. Cool. Some of the matches were only two minutes long. Yeah, if you obliterated the enemy and they weren't paying attention, then boom. Um, me and Adam had a lot of fun with that. There's a lot of different strategies, and it wasn't overly complex, which was the most important thing. Yeah. It's like... Yu-Gi-Oh used to I used to love Yu-Gi-Oh. And then so many cards came out that I didn't understand. Well yeah, you had to read about ten paragraphs on the card and I couldn't be asked to keep playing and it was burning a hole in my pocket anyway to be fair, Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> um Yeah. Alright. I think we've exhausted this unless there's anything else you have to say. We've come to the end of the segment. Anything? Nope, I am ready to talk about films. Alright, cool. All right, this is going to be the end of segment one of the TMCJ podcast. Thank you all for listening, and you will hear us again momentarily for segment two. Welcome back to the TMCJ podcast. We are on segment two, our media segment, and while we didn't do movie night this week, Blue did go out to see a movie. So, yes. We, uh, I say go out to watch a movie, we were totally just sat in bed watching it. Um, <laughs> me and Alicia, we were, like, wanting to watch a Disney film, and it was between Soul and, uh, what's that, um, Rio? No, um, it's not Rio, uh, the, 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 mm, don't, don't, I was about to say Dawn of the Dead, um. Ratatouille. Day of the Dead. I don't know that one. The, there's like a Mexican kid with a guitar. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Dia I've seen that, that Dia de los Muertos. Yes. Um, but at least you've already seen that. So we've Soul. And Soul is about a uh, a musician, a, a teacher of, of uh, jazz or soul music, who... He finally catches a break. He's been wanting to have like a big go around the country playing music, the dream of a great musician. Yeah. Um, but instead, he's had to make do with like teaching kids how to play at a local school. So can I just quickly say that this is all? This is sounding very much like the opening to Breaking Bad. You know, a guy who had much greater ambitions. He was going to be a famous chemist and. Yeah, bring his so. his ideas to the world, but he's now stuck teaching kids chemistry in high school. I'm, yeah, I'm it not saying off a bit from that pretty soon. But yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying that this guy becomes a crime lord, but that's what happened in Breaking Bad. So I'm just saying that the intro was very similar. <laughs> Go on. Yeah. So he he finally catches his break when one of the pupils that he used to teach is like, "Teach, we're down a member. Can you come and play for, with us?" 
Yeah. And there's this big famous star that 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 he's playing. He plays with, and she's like, "You got the shit. Come back to the next one, and we'll see if 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 you perform this well on the night, we'll think about letting you into the band." And he's like skipping home that day. He's like, "Fuck yeah! I finally made the break that I needed." Falls down a, a manhole cover in the middle of the street and dies instantly. Wait, he died? Dies instantly. That happens in Ghostbusters. No, no, that happens. That happens in that happens in uh, the live action Casper the Friendly Ghost movie. I want you to keep doing this throughout the time that I'm telling the story. Right? Okay, just saying. So he dies, and he wakes up uh, on, like, this staircase, and there's a big bright light and a bunch of um, blue people walking towards it. And he's like, wait, what's happened? Like, And they're like, oh, you're dead. Um, we're going to heaven. Or whatever the big bright light is, because they don't really know. Mm. Um, I, I hope it's heaven, though, because there's, like, a little old lady and a cripple walking up there. Um, can I say that on YouTube? We've already said it three times. I, I think YouTube will probably get mad at us, but... Oh, well, we're not being monetized anyway. Yeah. Um, And so he's like, nah, fuck that shit, and he jumps off the staircase. That happened in Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> good, good, keep on. Uh, and he gets, like, through this magical barrier that's obviously that stopped at people, but he just jumps straight through it. Mm-hmm. And he lands in this, like, oh, cushy, comfy, friendly land where there's these little children blue blobs. And there's this big circle in the middle of the land. And this is the place where children get birthed, born. So he's in, like, the nursery part before you go into the, your, the earth, right? Before you inhabit the earth. Is he going to be reborn? Just... Okay, I'm sorry. Just, also, can I just... That happened in Amnesia! <laughs> can I just... Can... <laughs> Can I just say that so far, like, um, I or I, I now get the the pun of the title, you know, soul, soul, mm, mm. soul music, yeah. his soul. It is a bit blunt. Yeah. And uh, so he's walking around, and it's like this, uh, what I'm going to call an auditor, mm-hmm. and comes up to him, and like, oh, you must be one of the mentors that are here to teach the children before they go to Earth. Um... And so he's taken to this building where a bunch of other dead souls are, uh, who are like masters in their craft to, to influence the next generation, right? Mm. That's their job before they're allowed to pass on to heaven. And so they each get buddied up with a soul. And the idea is that the, the, the children's souls, they do these... It's like a tutorial level where they've done like, alright, I've chopped the wood, now I know how to chop wood. I've done the fishing, except it's like... I learn that food is good like the 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 things that every human knows without being told yeah like i need to eat i need to drink i need sleep instincts and the last thing that they need is um like a spark which is their what their ambitious what they're going to enjoy in life basically Mm. so these mentors go and they're like man i'm the greatest baker on the earth Watch me make bread. You're inspired. You're going to be a baker in life. Birth him. Birth him. <laughs> um, Why did I hear that? And Palpatine's so voice? he gets he he just grabs the first label he sees. Well, he's not even meant to be there. And so they're like, "Oh yes, this famous psychologist, Doctor." I don't know. And he gets put with like the 
the tough kid in the class who's been through this cycle like 20 times and no one can inspire her. What, is she like reincarnating uh, or something? Or do they just like not get to no, be they born just, if they're not inspired? Exactly. It hasn't been born because they're not inspired by anything. And so he's like, oh, I'll teach you jazz music. And she just fucking doesn't care about it. This is a very optimistic view of humanity because I can think of plenty of people that are born and uninspired. Oh, yeah. Like, you don't get inspired by anything until you're, like, at least a teenager, I would say. I get it. It's you know, um, a kid's movie, though. Go on. Yeah, so then she's like, ah, oh, my previous mentors were, like, Gandhi and Mother Teresa and... Like, all these other amazing people, and it has, like, flashbacks of them going, like, Oh, fuck you. You you do not understand. You're a horrible person. I hate you, child. <laughs> Goes away. Like, why are you... Why are you shitting on Gandhi and Mother Teresa? Actually, to be fair, I think Mother Teresa, it turns out, wasn't such a nice person or something. Is I, I've heard stories about that. I, I don't know. It's, there's there's stories about that with, with Gandhi, too. But, but it's... Gan oh, okay. But, but again... They're human beings. Like the the whole reason that they're they're famous and like they have such a positive legacy is because they affected positive changes in their lifetimes. They did like tons. Of, every every human being is going to have a moment in their life where they do something stupid or shitty. But these mentors have like one day to teach these children, and I don't think Gandhi would snap patience after one day. Like I doubt it. And well, the other thing <laughs> anyway. is like one day. Like, yeah, it's like a tiny amount of time. It's less than a day, even. It's, it's weird. Like, I expected them to just take them to a museum and be like, here's a great work of art. Now you're inspired. Fuck off. Bye. <laughs> That's um, what it sounds like. This is a really anyway, she, shitty system. She's like, nah, I'm not inspired. And, but she kind of feels bad for him because she finds out that he's actually not meant to be there and he's actually led a really shitty fucking life. Yeah. And he, he wasn't able to do the great things that he wanted to do. So she takes him to this place... There's, like, a whole to uh, uh, another more, like, depressing dimension where all the people who are, like, on Earth still um, and all the people who are being inspired on Earth at the time are, like, floating in the air and they're, like, in the moment and it's a magical thing. And just below them on the ground are the people who are on the Earth and they're, like, so wrapped up in a single thing that it's, like, corrupted their minds. So there's, like, a dude who works on the stock exchange. He's just, like, mumbling through the world. And then these hippies on a pirate ship appear. Just give you a second to let that sink in. Who connected to this dimension through, you know, hypnosis, trance, whatever. And they're like, oh, we can send you back to the real world. Um, and so they send him back into the real world, but with the girl. And the girl end up inhabiting his body. Because he's in hospital. He's not fully dead. He's in a coma or something. So the girl inhabits his body. And he inhabits the body of a cat that was nearby. You look very confused. Are you I... struggling to make this comparison to a game or movie that you might have seen? <laughs> oh, no. I can think of a couple off the top of my head. The, the cat thing that happened in Ghost Stories, that anime. Um, girl inhabiting the guy's body. That's happened in... A few movies that I probably shouldn't mention. Right. Uh, anyway, well, what were you confused by? I just... A, why was he up in, like, you know, the other world if he wasn't actually dead? B, like, 
how did they get from the, de- the so they went to the depression dimension and then yeah. pirate hippies took them back to their dimension but because yeah. they're hippies they screwed up and put him in the cat's body what happened to the cat's soul <laughs> well that's the thing the cat's soul appears on that staircase from the beginning the cat just fucking goes to heaven they just fucking murder the cat <laughs> this honestly this is this is the kind of movie a fucking sociopath would make but uh, I'll get back to it later. I anyway. get it. They're trying to. It's it's an interesting. It is an interesting story so far. Like yeah. it. It doesn't seem like it's retreading too many old grounds, despite my sarcastic comparisons to other movies. Um, <laughs> they, um, yeah. So so the guys like all right. You've got to you got to do the the. We got to find a way back into our bodies, and we've also um, got to you know make it through. The day look seeming like we're not a crazy person who's an unborn soul in my body, right? Yeah. So is she like even capable of communicating with other people? Like she she can communicate with the cat. Like she understands what he's saying in the cat, but no one else can understand the cat, and everyone can understand her. So she just she can understand them. So she just learns English by jumping into his body. Yeah, I mean, as an unborn soul, she knew English. Okay. It's there's there's definitely gaps in the whatever. Yeah, um, I'm not. I'm not assuming this is some kind of like hard sci-fi. <laughs> All right, go on. I'm... So she's like walking down the street, and in in the nursery heaven place, right? There was no senses. You don't have any senses mm-hmm. apart from sight. Um, and so like they even made a thing of like she slapped him in the heaven world and was like, see, it doesn't hurt. So suddenly she's got all these senses, and she's like, oh, gets really, it's in New York, so she gets really freaked out by the number of people. Mm. And she ends up hiding in, like, a corner, and he brings along a slice of pizza, and she's like, oh, damn, that smells good. Mm. Um, and so she's eating that, and uh, she's like, okay, she starts enjoying the real world. Uh, so they do all these things, and she hears music, and she's like, fuck, that sounds amazing. Because it's not, it's not her appreciating the music, it's his body and mind appreciating the music, and she's in there, and she's like, wow, that sounds really amazing. Do you get what I mean? That happened in A Little Mermaid. Sort of. <laughs> nice. When she got laying, went on land. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so, and then, and then, like, right before they're going to transfer her back to heaven, because she doesn't want to go back there anymore, because she's enjoying her life. Hmm. Or his life. And so she runs away. And there's an auditor who's like chasing them down. Because he realizes that one person hasn't gone to heaven when they should. And he manages to catch them. And throws them into basically a death hole. And so they get taken back up to, to, to heaven. To the nursery. Yeah. And they're like. Um, dude, I'm gonna put you back on the stairway to heaven. Wow, that's a that's a sentence. <laughs> um, and you, girl, you're staying here until you're you get no. And when they get back, she's suddenly got the spark. And the people are like, hold on, the mentor has to see her off to the real world. Which okay, she whatever. was she was inspired. By... Yeah, even though he wasn't meant to be there, he was her mentor, so he has to see her off. Uh, and they're pissed off with each other because he feels cheated 
out of his life and she's like even this mentor is just thinking about himself like all the ones before um somehow I can't remember what happens after that <laughs> some plot happens he, and then he they go back into the 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 I think she she runs away into the depression zone. He follows her and finds her walking along like one of the depressed people. And then he goes to look for her. She breaks through into the happy realm, but she's still one of the depressed monsters. And he makes amends and jumps into the birthing pool with her and then on the way down I think he just like fucking does he die still? is he still dead? how does it end? man I'm, I'm totally blue balling you guys right now this is I just I'm, I'm, can, I'm trying to th there's so many different like these the plot points you're going over right now are so familiar to me I'm like I know I've seen that somewhere else before thing is he wakes up in the real world at some point and mm. he's like I've got my body back and they put on a performance and it's amazing and he walks out and he's like gets sad again and I can't remember why <laughs> maybe she gave up her life to get him back to life or something like that <sighs> maybe wow why is the end so forgettable I, mean, I remember so much about the beginning um does he even die in the end? How have I forgotten this? <laughs> well, I guess go watch the movie. This does actually sound like an interesting movie. Yeah. I you never see what heaven looks like, so maybe they d he doesn't die. I I legitimately... At first I thought this movie looked interesting. Oh, sorry. Go on. So, for his efforts, they make him not dead. And so he goes back. And he lives a good life, I think. Um, and they cheat the they they the person who was like tasked with tracking him down. They like the the auditors sneakily like just change the maths a little bit so that it looks like it's fine. That happens in a Christmas Carol. Um. God, clearly the ending was very not great. If I'm forgetting it this bad. Um. I mean, like, it, it was sounds a happy like, ending. I'm pretty it, sure it does sound like it just a, a happy because I they lived happily ever after is a lot less interesting than all of the stuff that you talked about thus far. Like the the whole like lore and world building, and then the the character dynamic between the rebellious soul and this guy. And the cat gets his soul back. Oh, nice. Even though it gone to heaven. It had gone past the staircase into heaven. And he gets all that. Maybe the queue goes on longer than it looks. Man, that must have been fucking awful. The cat's in heaven. It's got its fucking feet up, drinking... I was going to say milk, but they're lactose intolerant. Um, Most of them, yeah. Eating kibble. Or eating not... chicken. So it's... And then it's like, yoinked back into the life of an old lady looking after it in the real world. It's, it's not actually that cats are lactose intolerant. It's just that they only produce a very small amount of the enzyme needed to process lactose. Random piece of trivia for you. 
Some mm. cats are completely lactose intolerant, but um, so like if you give them a ton of like milk or cream, they will get sick because they can't process all of it. But a little yeah. bit is is fine for them. Um, yeah, there you go. That's uh, two thirds of soul. <laughs> The, or what I wrote down here, breaking Casper's balls with ghost stories about the Little Mermaid at Christmas. Is that what you're going to name the episode? <laughs> it I, sounds like one of your episode names. It, it honestly does. I, I miss doing those. That was a lot of fun, making those up. Do you not still do that? No, I've started just listing what we talk about. Like the, the, okay. the key points in the, the title. Um, sometimes with a little bit of extra flair, but... Hmm. Yeah, I stopped doing that. So yeah, the whole the whole I was gonna say rebirth thing. It's I don't know. It seems odd because they they fudge a lot of 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 I'd say facts, but we don't obviously know anything about before we were born. Like the whole um, for a start, what makes you a great person? Yeah, it also. And yeah. It's, it's very optimistic and it's also very deterministic. They're basically saying that, you know, your inspiration and your drive in life is determined before you're even born. Um, mm. Which, it's not a message that I like. I feel like people can grow and develop and find new inspirations throughout their life. Like, I find yeah, it kind I of... Felt... I find it really depressing to think that you're, you're just born to do whatever you do. Right, yeah. Um, and... I felt like they could have they could have been a lot more subtle with the whole. They could have had like, once the child is ready, the unborn spirit is ready. They walk through a door. No, they jump through a giant circle in the ground <laughs> and fall through it. It's like wow, not being too subtle there, are you? Game, not game, film. Um. Yeah, well, and I'm yeah. just thinking like the number of people that are born like every second that thing must have looked like a giant outflow pipe with just souls flowing down through it uh well i mean it was fairly there was like a decent crowd around it the whole time and like every second or half a second someone would jump down it yeah uh oh and whenever he tried to jump down it and for a start when he did that at first i was like is he about to come out of a woman <laughs> well, but no, it TPs him back to the above ground if he doesn't have this pass thing. Honestly, that's what I was thinking was going to happen when you first said that he went down to the nursery. I thought he was going to be reborn as a new person, and then mm. he was as this new this new lease on life. He was going to achieve his dreams. Yeah, not like a middle aged, slightly overweight man coming out of. Sorry. No, no, I don't. That's not what I was. That's that's a, that's a horror movie right there. That really is. Sorry about that. Um. God. I mean, it sounds like a good movie, but I just... <laughs> I mean, what what disappointed me, I think, I mean, aside from the ending being, I guess, forgettable, was that there really wasn't much music in it, and the music that, that was... That surprises me. It wasn't particularly rousing. Like, the soul music can be very upbeat and... Well, I'm just really thinking, get the blood going. Think back to um, when we watched *Princess and the Frog*. Like that movie had great music. Yeah. Like, got that witch up song. Oh my god! I got friends on the other side. Exactly. I, um, get that. Oh, I get tingles when I think of that. The opening to that song. That that's a that's such a good one. It is. It, I, I didn't. 
for a Disney for a Disney production, I didn't yeah. think the so- the music was on point. Yeah, that's normally one of their big selling points. Like, um, oh God, Disney villains have some really good songs in a lot of their a lot of their classic movies. Like, um, yeah, be prepared for Hell the Lion fire. King, Dark Fire. Yeah, that one. And then there's um, the the one from uh, sorry, this is gonna be us singing for a little bit. One from Lion <laughs> King, the uh, be prepared. Oh, like the one I remember from Lion King is the um, Timon and Pumbaa. Oh yeah, well that's. Ain't no worries for the rest of your days. Um, problem free. And the music wasn't bad in this. I should say the music wasn't bad. It just wasn't up to Disney par. Exactly. Like on most Disney songs, give me the tingles a little bit. Yeah. Like they either make you emotional or they make you like just fucking bouncing off the walls when you first hear them. Like it really gives you that energy, yeah. but the reason this was mm, not just—it was just music. Especially considering it's all about a music teacher and his wanting to become a legendary jazz. Yeah, player. and that—that's what I'm surprised by. You'd think they'd have some like really good like jazz tracks in there. Um, mm. I don't know. And the reason, by the way, I didn't bring up Hakuna Matata. I was talking specifically about villains' songs. In oh yeah, movies. yeah, true, true, true. And. Uh, Beauty and the Beast, obviously, the, um... Oh, Gaston, yeah. Yeah, although, I mean, he is a villain, but I don't think you consider him a villain. Uh, he's not... He's an asshole. I, I'd consider him more an asshole than a villain. Although he does yeah. do some pretty underhanded stuff, like... Yeah. yeah, like kidnapping, um, Belle's father, and... The, I don't even really blame him for going after the Beast, because it's a small town, and you've got this thing that's a monster living right on your borders... You, yeah. you might be like, okay... I, I could sympathize with... The, the thing that he did that's villainous is trying to force Belle to marry him and also kidnapping her and her father and trying to get her father committed. Mm. Like, that's that was kind of fucked up. But, no, just just the um, just the going after the beast thing and the, the mob, it makes him look like a villain because you as the viewer has already had a chance to see the beast and gotten to know that he's actually not a bad guy and you know that, yeah. like... I mean, he the beast was a dick, which is how he became a beast. But I'm just, yeah. At that point in the movie, he's had a redemption arc. He's he's released Bell, and even if he stays a beast forever, then Bell. All of the characters, Bell and her father aside, are morally great. Even like the witch at the beginning that turned the beast into the beast. It's kind yeah, of a bitch. She was. I mean, she granted she was, she was tricking the. Guy. She could have come up and been like, "Yo, I'm a wizard." Let me stay here tonight. But she, <laughs> she just decided to arbitrarily test this guy. Yeah. Um, honey dicked him. Yeah. Well, just, well the opposite, I guess. Cause... Yeah, it's the exact opposite of that. <laughs> um, yeah. God, catfish, am I right? <laughs> um, when I yeah, was so... a lad, I ate four dozen eggs every morning to help me get large. Sorry. I think you guys say laid for a second there for some reason. Anyway. Uh, that probably wouldn't help. Um, have you been watching anything this week? Um, <clears throat> not really. I haven't really had time this week. Um, hmm. Have I I'm, talked about the end of Castlevania? I did that last you did. week, right? you, Yeah, you yeah. did last week. Okay. I mean, I've been... I watched a little bit... Oh, no, I did watch more of Lucifer one night. Um, so I'm about halfway through the sixth season. And yeah, Well, don't talk about that just yet. If, if that's only a small... Like, wait until there's a bit of content just, about that. Yeah, no, no, there's... Well, I've only watched the first episode as of the last podcast. We have a, a couple minutes left on this, so I just want to say one thing. Okay. I have been enjoying the season so far. They've found kind of creative ways to 
make it int I speculated last week that they had nowhere to go because they already introduced and, you know, had God move on. Like, that's kind of... Most series that go into the supernatural stuff, once you bring divinity into things, it peaked, gets a little... Yeah, yeah you've peaked. Uh, but they, they've found ways to make it kind of interesting. There's a few, like, inner character moments. There are bits that made me laugh that I really enjoyed. The one complaint I have is around the midpoint in the series, there's one character who I've been looking forward to the big moment where this character, it's revealed to her what, mm. um, you know, that the fact that there are these divine beings and that, you know, this guy actually is, you know, the devil and whatnot. And it's handled in a very underwhelming way. It's just kind of a, at the end of the episode, she finds out, and at the beginning of the next episode, she's already cool with it. And it just yeah, it, it feels really lazy. I was I was looking forward to that a little bit more than I was uh, expecting. Hmm, I've I've just been watching more One Piece, and there's yeah. nothing new about that. No, what? Uh, I have been watching, uh, rewatching stuff on Netflix and stuff. Yeah, well, we got we still haven't started um, watching Terry Pratchett yet, me and Alicia. I mean, obviously I have, but I've spoken about that first episode before. So hopefully by next week, well, I mean, it's Alicia's choice of movie night, so hopefully we'll have watched a movie. Maybe to, maybe that's tonight. Yeah. Wait, no, it's Saturday night, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, she might be working. I don't know. Well, well if not sometime. tomorrow. I have D&D tomorrow afternoon. Sorry, this is just us talking about our schedule to fill out the last <laughs> of segment two. Um, you know, actually, we, we went over on segment one. I, I'm, let's, let's end segment two a little early okay, rather cool. than waffling, and we can move on to Very three. Stuff. Uh, and who the fuck knows what segment three will be? Look forward to it. <laughs> Probably some kind of a story game thing. Thinking of going back yeah. to that one where uh, Blue gives me a, uh, like a topic or a word or a phrase, and I have to pull out a story from my memory to that's associated with that, or constructing like a alt history kind of scenario. Um, one or the other. We'll we'll figure it out in the interim. In the meantime, mm. let's go to the end of segment two of the TMCJ podcast. Thank you all for listening, and uh, you'll hear us again momentarily for segment three. Welcome back to the TMCJ Podcast. We're on segment three, our wild card segment. And uh, this week, we had two ideas, and rather than choose, we just chose both. So for the first half of this thing, we're going to be doing that game where I try to pull a story off my uh, off the top of my head from a word or phrase that Blue gives me. We chat about it a little bit. If he has any questions about it, we can talk about it. And then for the second half, we're going to move on to the alternate history one, where Blue will give me a scenario, and I'll try to construct what I think would happen. Okay, your first uh, word to get a story from today. <clears throat> Starting off deep with the uh, first word being nuts. Nuts. Yeah, peanuts, coconuts. Nuts. Can't really think of anything too interesting with this one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I started a little bit hard. It's just like, I mean, they've been in... Like, I don't know, you've been around so like an allergic reaction and you're like fucking flicking them at them or something like an asshole. I, I apparently have, I found out, I, this is completely uninteresting, but I found out that I apparently have a mild hazelnut allergy, which I just didn't know yeah. about. Like Nutella's... Well, you had a lot of allergies. When you went to find out, you're like, I can't touch trees anymore. Well, I knew that one. Like, I've, I've always had bad tree allergies. But no, even like, like, it was on the same level as cats. And I'm, but yeah. I had two cats. And so my allergies aren't that bad. Right, and but fish, I think you have pretty fucked salmon. on as well. 
Salmon. Salmon. Specifically salmon. Specifically salmon. Because I've had That's other strange. fish since then. I've had like haddock. I've had um, I've had shrimp. I've had uh, oysters. I've had You've clams. Had oak. What's oak, Kaiser? Haddock. I've had you, haddock. You, you've, you've had oak. <laughs> I don't. That's that's not even a good joke. It's not meant to be. Okay. Okay. Right. Yeah. Uh, how about? I don't really have anything interesting to say about nuts. Dancing. Uh. Oh, at a work party, I, I ripped my suit pants dancing. Oh yeah. Cause like I really wait front or back. Uh, I shredded them. So like. Oh. Two two things. One. Uh, it was a work Christmas party, and mm. you know, dance floor was going, and I I really love to dance. I especially mm. love to dance to like you know hip hop, R and B, that kind of stuff. And I so, like dancing with the cool kids because I'm so youthful. Well, no, so I was like, you know, <laughs> I, it's like I could, I I really was like, you know, getting low. I was doing a lot of moves. Get I <laughs> come on, like oh, I'm, I need to I, I need to say that because that's the description of the like the way I was moving. I also okay. um, do like a lot of like leg press and sprinting work, so I have fairly, let's say, muscular Thin legs. Thighs. Yeah, and um, so in doing so, like at one point, it just ripped, like it shred, shredded it, like the front, the back, the whole, oh. like the whole suit pant legs were just gone. They were in tatters. Yeah, I don't know how how I wouldn't go for the risky moves while I was wearing a suit, but I certainly do. Um, I do dance pretty fucking well, Wendy. Yeah. Um, I will say, once I was out for like a work um, thing, and so there was a bunch of other colleagues there, we went clubbing, and uh, a friend of mine, Kate, um, as you know, mm. she's a bit fucking wild, and I was wearing like one of my kind of workish shirts, like, you know how I like work yeah, shirts. Yeah. I just found it comfortable. And she walked up to me on the dance floor and just ripped it open. <laughs> Oh, buttons went everywhere. I was kind of sad because I liked that shirt, but it was also fucking hilarious. Oh my god. Uh, and she was like, oh, I'm sorry, I always wanted to do that. <laughs> like, is, fair enough. The thing is, I, I kept wearing those suit pants for the rest of the night. Like, I didn't... Because I didn't have any other pants with me. I see. Well, there you go. Right. Next one. Strange animals. I mean... Other than the fact that I didn't know narwhals existed until this podcast. I mean, that is true. Like, you're like, that's a mythical being, Blue. What are you talking about? I thought it was, I thought it was a fantasy creature. I didn't know a narwhal was real. No, but like, you know, owls? Got anything? I, I did. I, owls really strange animals? I mean, I had... Well, yeah, I, 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 when I say strange animals, I mean not a cat or a dog. Yeah, I, I had all kinds of pets growing up. Like, I had... My first pet ever was a rabbit. Um, oh really? Had a rabbit when I was very young. Oh I think God. I was like, "Do you have any pictures?" I love rabbits. No, I was I was like two or three years old. If we had pictures, oh, they were on like a Polaroid camera and in, in physical form. Oh yeah, Because so. yeah. um, that would have been like 1990. Mm. Uh, then after the rabbit, I had my next pet was when I was we had moved into. Did you have our, a snake at some point? I had an iguana. I had two iguanas. Iguana. And oh, I had, wow, that's fucking awesome. And I had a bunch of anoles, which are the you know, tiny little green lizards that can turn brown. Like, they, ah. they, they go between green and brown depending on if they're in foliage or if they're yeah, on... What's the, like, life expectancy of... Uh, anoles? Ours lived... Uh, it's a, it's I meant a f- more the... Uh... Oh, the iguana? 
Yeah. Iguanas can live for quite a long time. Um, unfortunately, yeah. our iguana um, got away. Like, he got away. We, he used to take him outside uh, into sun and stuff. Yeah. And I had him on a leash, but something spooked him, and he just took off. And so oh, I, I lost him. Back. Yeah, I didn't have it tied tight enough. We, Shit. You know, there, there's snakes and stuff and coyotes and stuff around, so he probably... And it also is really cold in the winter. It's unfortunate, but... We also had a bunch of parakeets. Um, Holy crap. And then we later got... You know, we, our first normal pet was a dog, and it was a Shih Tzu that we had just found yeah. wandering. And then um, then we got two cats. Um, Jeez, both you've of, been through the whole rigmarole. Yeah, we, it took us a while to get to the standard pet. Oh, had a bunch of hamsters. Oh, yeah, but hamsters just... Yeah. Very short lifespan. Yeah, some of them are cool. But anyway, yeah, just... I, I went through, <laughs> we had tons of animals growing yeah, up. Yeah, jeez, I don't think I'd be able to handle that many animals <laughs> when I was growing up. I, got, no, it was, it was I was devastated when I lose one. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah, I think... um, but that is pretty fucking awesome. Yeah, tons of them. Uh, um, okay, next, uh, the beach. Hmm. Okay, there's a couple different beach stories I could tell. Um, okay. Let me just put a little bit of thought into this. So, I actually... I actually... In my adult life, prefer to go to the beach in the fall. Like, when it's cooled okay. off and it's kind of deserted. Less people. A little okay. bit foggy. It's the, the water's probably too cold to really go in there, or at least for any long period of time, yeah. without, like, a wetsuit or something. Um, but one of my college buddies, his family has a house up in Maine. Um, and he's always, like... He's on the bottom of the... He had a lot of aunts and uncles, a lot of cousins, grandparents and whatnot. So he's at the bottom of the totem pole when it comes to being able to reserve the house. And so we would go up there in the winter. Not the winter. It was like November or October when it was deserted and kind of cool. And we... Hey, have I shown you that... Um, I don't know. We just had a lot of fun up there. This really is just a, a nostalgic story for me. But you were talking about album covers earlier because mm. you, you were listening to the Beatles. Somebody took a picture of us when we were going, walking on the beach. There were four of us lined up. Hmm. All of us were wearing denim. I was wearing a <laughs> denim shirt with denim pants. <laughs> God. And it was like the fog was rolling in, and it was just the deserted beach. And it was like, that wow. looks like an album cover. i got to show it to you after this. It's, it's pretty cool. I mean, an album cover, maybe the YMCA. Uh, <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, cool. Um, fuck, I had a really good one. And uh, really, oh, okay, roughhousing. Uh, Juan stabbed one of our friends with a katana. Jesus, that's not roughhousing. That's murder. <laughs> it was an accident. Uh, so it was. It was our. It was. Our, and to be fair, the, the it was the other dude's fault. Um, it was. So Juan and I have the exact same birthday. Yeah. And um, so we we're. It was our birthday, sophomore year of college. Um, and w when we had gone up to that that trip up to the main at that beach place mm. there was a, sh a store that sold like knives swords like boogie boards um surfboards boogie boards? Uh, oh, i don't right, know yeah. what you'd call them but um sorry it's because you went from knives and swords to boogie boards and i was like is that something different in my mind everything under the sun in terms of beach equipment and then also knives and swords weaponry <laughs> yeah just a just a typical you know small i'm just imagining like a paintball fight on surfboards now <laughs> No, but so we bought, Juan bought a blue katana, I bought a red katana. And so on her birthday, yeah. this was months later, we're hanging out in the dorm room, 
and um, one of my friends gave me as a joke one of those little grabby arm things. Yeah, list pickers. Yeah, yeah, because you know it's like oh, so you can reach the high shelves. Yeah, it's like not that short, but is but I still have it. It's actually kind of useful. Um, <laughs> can you reach the high shelves, Kaiser? Yes, yes, I can. Really? Yes. Oh, I suppose because of I'm 5'7". There are shelves in my house that you would not be able to reach. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so... One of my other friends was holding that, and then, you uh -huh. know, Juan, as a joke, he, like, drew the sword, and so they're both, like, facing off, and one of my other friends, as a joke, like, went to swing at him with the, the thing, and Juan just had a reflex stabbed forward. And he just hit him in Jesus. the forearm. Like, he, enough to draw blood, but it was just, it was just like a flesh wound. Yeah, and there was this, this moment of silence, and then my friend just goes, "You fucking stabbed me." <laughs> <laughs> we can laugh about it in recompense because we know that nothing bad happened. And but, the, yeah, the don't, don't stab is, your friends. Je Jesse was there, and he like, he had a first oh, aid God. kit ready to go. Jesse is that guy, though. Yeah, Jesse is the one who's like the responsible one. He who's was... like. <laughs> Fucking idiots. <laughs> he was so happy, though, at the moment, because he's like, I've been, I just, I knew this was going to happen sooner or later, you know, all the knives and swords in this house, like, I've had this thing ready to go. <laughs> he really is Joe from the Digimon series. Yeah. yeah that's a good he's comparison. Just, uh, sorry, sorry, Jesse, that's not a nice thing to say in particular, but, like, I'm sorry, you are. <laughs> oh, yeah, was, um, yeah, that was a fun night. Oh, jeez. Okay. Uh, Monopoly. Uh, we've had this one before, actually. You might have done this one with Monopoly. So, back when, I I never really like we played Monopoly a bit when I was younger, but it was never really a big game that we'd play for. I mean, I play it with my parents and stuff. One of my favorite mm. versions of it was um, uh, one of one of my uh, childhood friends. Well, Emily. So we um we played. A game of Monopoly where there was no rules, other than we basically it was like Munchkin. We were just making up the rules as we went along. We called it Monopoly. I'm not familiar with Munchkin. Oh, it's it's a or Flux is another one where the, the rules are constantly changing. Doesn't matter. Okay. We just made up rules as we went along playing the game, um, and it ended up with like you know a, a tower of hotels in the center of the board and a drug empire run by one of the other pieces. Mm. It was a weird, <laughs> it's a weird game, but it was just I had. It, I love those kind of free-form thought kind of games. Home-baked, yeah. Yeah, where you just go like, here's, here's, there's no rules, just go with it and see what you make. Mm. Kind of like what we were doing with the world-building uh, thing where we're working on that, that sci-fi world. Yeah. Where it's like, um, you just blank canvas, let's, let's make something. Just put something on the page and see what sticks. Exactly. Yeah. Um, cool, okay, next one. Uh, Experience. Experimental cooking slash oh. really weird foods. Yeah, so I this this one it, I'm gonna use a failed experiment because that's funnier. Um, yeah. <laughs> this was this was probably like seven or eight years ago now. Um, I I'd, I'd gotten out of college and a couple of my friends were still in college, like that were in like a couple grades below me in high school. Yeah. Um, so I'd only been out of college for like maybe a year or two at this point. I went to a house party at their apartment. And that was, it was good fun. They were trying to do a blacklight thing. And, of course, part of the party was to have all of the guests help them screw the blacklights into the wall. And it was a shit show, but it doesn't Wait, matter. Wait, what, what with the blacklights? They just... Blacklights. You know what blacklights are? 
Yeah, like the stuff that shows whether someone's been jizzing themselves <laughs> or not, basically. <laughs> At a party, it's kind of dangerous. It was, was going to be like a blacklight party, so like everyone was supposed to wear like, you know, different combinations of white and black to like make them glow in the, the dark and stuff like right, that. Right, okay. Oh, that um, sounds fun. It was a lot of fun, but we had to put the lights up ahead of time. The way it relates to cooking is rather than order food, we were just going to go grocery shopping, get a bunch of food, and we were going to cook. Right. Because Greece shows up on black lights, doesn't it? I don't know. We were going to do... Um, it might. Okay. It might. I've never tried. But um, the black lights weren't in the kitchen. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cooking with no lights on. <laughs> this... Um, <laughs> Just glowing bacon One in the frying One of the things pan. that we were going to make was baked macaroni and cheese. It yeah. didn't have any milk and didn't mention this at the grocery store. So somebody comes up with a brilliant idea to use Bailey's Irish cream instead of yeah. milk. That sounds nice. It was disgusting. It probably was. It but... was like only one person really enjoyed it and they were pretty drunk. And everyone else yeah. was just like, I'm not going to eat this. We did make fried chicken though. We made a lot of fried chicken. Nice. Now... The problem with this was they had a gas stove, and so we were doing it in a shallow pan with grease in there, and so mm. I was I was the one handling that because I was like, a I was one of the only people there that could cook properly, and b yeah. I was like half these people are way too drunk to be around an open flame, and yep. what what is it uh, that that YouTube show that was about um, like the the Canadian guys the the extreme like recipes they'd make and they always had the Jack Daniels. Um, Not sure. I don't think I've seen it. Oh God, what were they called? I used to watch them like all the time, and I can't. I haven't seen them in years. So while you're thinking about that, I've got a fucking bone to pick with America. Oh, the fact that you motherfuckers put mac and cheese with like fucking everything, right? Yeah, yeah. Bacon that mac and pisses, cheese. That pisses me off. No, bacon mac and cheese. That's fine. Me and Alicia are down our favorite pub. Yep. On the menu, they have like. Nachos with mac and cheese. Yep, you can do that. That's fucked up. No, sorry, no. <laughs> don't do that. That's wrong. Pasta gotta, and nachos do not go on the same plate. You gotta realize, it's cheese. We we put cheese... It's not the cheese that I have. Cheese and nachos go to bed together. Pasta and, pasta and cheese go together. But pasta and nachos do not go together. It's wrong. It's wrong. There's a lot of other, like, abominations that you would I know. Like. I'm getting there. Okay, go on. Right? What's really fucked up about this place, though? So they put mac and cheese in burgers. That just sounds pretty good. That is horrible. No. That's I, unacceptable. I that is that. fully unacceptable. Get the fuck out of here, America. We don't want this shit. Like, that's that's just wrong. Mac and cheese, if you're having it at home... I, that's the only time I'll ever have mac and cheese, by the way, because mac and cheese out... Unless you're at, like, a pretty fucking nice place... It's gonna be like plasticky cheese, the pasta. Imagine like getting like wet pasta, basically. <laughs> That's kind of how I picture. Or like it's gonna just gonna taste like fucking, just taste of weight. Yeah. Taste of fatness. <laughs> I um, like I, I I do not. There are play times and places for mac and cheese. Mac and cheese, and bacon, great. That's like a. Coming on near like a cabanara. I can't really uh, talk about it because, like, I was basic. I grew up on basically just pasta dishes, mac and cheese, spaghetti, meatballs, like. So have I. All that kind of and stuff. I've done some horrific things during my college years where I didn't have enough food in the house, so I made some abysmal concoctions which I ate to get by. Oh my God. 
but out of eating out place, you should not have macaroni cheese in a burger. Rant over. Yeah. Uh, right, so we should go to the next one. No, hold on, let me finish that story. So oh, whatever, yeah, yeah. whatever the um, the show was, and I, you know what, I'm just gonna... Where's my... I don't know where my phone is. Um, All that time you didn't fucking look it up. I, I could've, uh, yeah, you're right, I could've just looked it up. Um, but, give me a second. It was... Epic Mealtime. That's what they mm. were called. Epic Mealtime. Anyway, so this this is like really popular at the time, and so one of my friends, you know, a bit drunk, comes in. And he's because they would just add like Jack Daniel's whiskey to like random recipes. They made syrup out of Jack Daniel's whiskey and stuff like that. He comes in and he's like, "Oh, Jack Daniel's!" And he just goes to try and pour it on the chicken in the hot frying pan with boiling oil over an open <sighs> flame. I stopped him before he could do it, but I just like, Are "You fucking crazy!" Anyway. That's, that's okay. it. We can move on now to the alternate history segment. Exactly. All right. Are you ready for alternate history? All right. Let's go it for it. Is, so the first one. You're a, a religious person. Yep. Not as much as uh, you know. You know quite well the story of Adam and Eve. Yep. How would the world have gone, do you think, if they hadn't taken the apple? Well, it wouldn't have gone. Like, literally, the way... The way the story goes is, like, Eden is supposed to be, like, uh, basically the perfect garden where everything is just taken care of for them and they can just live their lives in happiness, you yeah. know, immortal, in well, harmony. Were they able to have children? Um, they were, but they only did after they took the apple. Right, so there would, would the length of humanity have been the length of Adam and Eve? No, no, they were immortal until okay, they took so... the apple. Oh, Okay. So they they went like basically uh, if the if you follow the the story behind it and I I may be misremembering something from it because it's been years since I read it but mm. basically the the idea is that by taking the apple and by um, you know violating that rule and they suddenly became self aware of not only their mortality but of their vulnerability and so they had to leave this perfect garden where everything was kind of in in harmony with each other. So basically the answer is the world wouldn't have happened. Okay. But they also like became aware of like their nakedness and stuff yeah, like th that. Yeah, that's what I mean when I say vulnerability. Yeah. I see. So it wouldn't be like just, you know, naked people walking around in 2020. <laughs> no. No, they would still be in Eden is the way that story would have gone. Gotcha. Okay, well. All right. Getting less philosophical. <laughs> uh hmm. How about if instead of the laws of physics working as it does in uh, in the real world, mm. you instead live in the digital world? What Translate all of like the countries and the politics and that kind of thing into a digital setting, a digital world where there are digital monsters. So we're Anything not talking about like a matrix sort of thing. We're talking about like we're all living in a video game. With, like, video kind game of, yeah. bits. We, like we live in a computer. Yeah. Some people think we do that now. Yeah. <laughs> well, that is the Matrix thing. Um, yeah, like, uh, instead of having, like, actual... Instead of having the animals of wildlife we have in the real world, there's, like, Agamons and... Well, now we're thinking Pre about, like, the, the universe of, like, Pokemon. 
because mm. that that's because instead of like normal animals, there's like these giant that's monsters true. and dragons and stuff. I think it would definitely except Russia is there. <laughs> yeah, I, just, I don't I don't know what to say to that. Um, like if you're asking like this is this is a very very broad thing. Um, yeah, so you're just saying like our modern world, except there are like actual monsters and dragons and things instead of the animals that yeah. we actually have. I think that, one, um, there'd probably be a lot less internation conflict, and there'd be a lot more... Like, people would be a lot more focused regionally. And I also think that the Do you whole... think people would fight with, Digim with, with the Digimon? Yes. Oh, God, yeah. I think that what would happen... Like, in, in the 18th century, in, or uh, 18th and 19th century... What people would do would be to, like, like if there was a... Uh, they were very much in the attitude of trying to fix nature. So mm. that the idea that, you know, mankind... Because they, they had that... I think it was it was one of um, the, you know, World War II Germany, for the sake of... One of the... Some Nazi thinker, he thought they wanted to, like, dam up the Strait of Gibraltar and drain the Mediterranean to make farmland which would have right. been idiotic. They would have just made salt flats if they did that and destroyed Europe's climate. Um, but they they had that idea that they could fix nature. And they do this in other places too. Like in Australia, they introduced cane toads to try and get rid of like pests. And then the cane toads became a pest because they were suddenly like an apex predator. Mm. Um, so also, bear in mind, you can grow meat from farms. What like animals? Oh, you're no, you're, 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 you're really you're really talking about like if we lived in the Digimon universe, particularly. Yeah, that's what I said. When you said digital world, I thought you just meant cyberspace. Oh no, general. sorry, no, 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 I meant specifically, yeah, the digital world from Digimon. Okay, that does change things a little bit. I mean, if it if it's that one, then we'd be kind of semi self aware that we're in that kind of a world, and I think. Oh man, you could like hack the world. Oh, that's true. Well, yeah, God. But then, that, the, like, hacking Digimon games are ones where people are outside of the digital world and they hack it, so how would you wouldn't really be able to hack it from inside. But maybe they'd find a way. Like, if you've got the nations of the world and there's definitely going to be some kind of a top-secret research group who's trying to figure out how to hack the world. Like, you'd, you know, you'd basically... The, the... Russia. <laughs> no, think, think like, um, you know, around the Sahara, the countries that own big chunks of that, that hack the world to make it arable land or something like that. You know, hack right. the, find ways to hack the climate so that you Change don't... Change the biomes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I feel like that, that would be the focus of a lot of research. And, like, every animal on the planet would be enslaved. Yeah, that, that yeah. Or at least yeah. partnered with someone... You, yeah, you weaponized monsters. I think one of the big changes would probably be weapons tech in that world. Because you'd be able yeah. to weaponize the environment by hacking, like, your neighbor's environment or by using these monsters. But um, equally, then, there's, like, a, a surrender culture instead. You wouldn't be killing the person who's, whose monster you're fighting. Just the moment your monster goes down, you're like, right, I give up. Yeah, if you want me to, like, this, this is going a little bit dark. That's one of the big fears about using... AI and drones and warfare is that it it becomes a lot easier. There's another degree of separation. So like you go back to like medieval and ancient times where you're fighting like a person right in front of you and you're hitting and stabbing them. Um, it like it made 
warfare a lot more difficult and it made morale a lot more important. Then you fast forward to you've got guns now. You can't actually see the person that well. You can still see it's a person over there, but it's more yeah. long range and more impersonal. And it becomes long range ballistic missiles and stuff. Yeah, yeah. and then yeah, then you go a little bit further. Now you got machine guns, and now it's you're it's even more separation. Then now we've got missiles, like you were saying, bombs and drone strikes. So then you have now you have AI and and robot. I feel like it'd be the same sort of thing. You've got these these digital creatures fighting for you, and you just let them sort it out. And that I feel Mm. like that would make warfare a lot more common, actually. Okay. And where do you think we would be in that? Where, where, where would we in particular be? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I hope I had some kind of a fire dragon or something like that. I'd probably be, given I, I was already tempted to join like the military in in my own lifetime. I probably, I think I probably would have pursued, if not like a military career, like some kind of career that would have me in more close contact with the creatures or with trying to modify the world and hack it and stuff like that. I'd definitely right. go into something like that. I see. And in term, and you, I don't know, where, where do you think you would be in this? Oh, I was just trying to think of that. I was like, well, would I be a farmer? Well, I probably wouldn't be a farmer. Um, shopkeeper, maybe? Hmm. Um, I don't know, I'm trying to think of the job roles in the Digimon, because obviously there aren't really jobs in the Digimon world. You'd have to bring, only once you've brought humanity into the Digimon world would there be... Um, maybe a breeder maybe or a trainer? In the ideal job for me probably in there that I would want mm. would be like one of the nursery people. Yeah, there you go. Because yeah. that'd be the, fucking awesome. All the like, cute get, little bubble babies. Hatching the eggs, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, not me personally hatching the eggs. but you know. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could um, see that. Yeah, the cute little little fresh Digimon that yeah. you, you... Yeah. Playing with um, puppies. Cool. Uh... Okay, a world where... This is a lot of, like, more video gamey ones today. I mean, this has been a very video game-heavy episode in general. Yeah, where you get... Everyone in the world has one trait from one random animal. But it has to be... It's an animal in the location where you live right now. So, for example, if you uh, uh, lived in Jamaica, you can be, like... Part penguin or something. I have I have a, like a very negative mindset with all of these, so I think that in that world, yeah. you would a um, have a lot more. I'd be pretty fucked. <laughs> yeah, there's not really too many. There's no alphas in fucking England, that's for sure, because we killed them all. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Uh, so my I think there would be uh, like probably more of a. Um, a rigid like caste system in a lot of the world yeah there'd also be pushes to get into regions with more dangerous animals so that you're like unlike now where you're trying to get to like more economically viable and safe places to have kids now i think it would be the opposite you're trying to get to places where the kids have a better chance of being born with one of these random animal traits and like the less well the less well progressed countries would have the stronger militaries yeah, well, they'd have to live in harsher conditions, really. And, and there'd be a there'd be a like a viable reason for your country to. I think environmentalism would be a lot more important in that world, because part of your country's power and worth in the world is going to be whether or not you're able to have like these animals with like these these heavily like alpha traits, whether they be intelligence mm. or strength or the ability to fly or something like that. 
And I'm sure there'd be like religions based around animals. Yeah, that's true. Probably it'd be there'd be like be less uh, hunting because they're like, be more like seen as seen as uh, you know spiritual leaders. If you know your own animal, you can't kill your own animal, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, cults What's of different from? animals. That's yeah. a thing, isn't it? Druids. No, but like it's uh, a particular thing from a story where they can't kill their own animal or something. Maybe I'm just thinking of the Golden Compass. Maybe. Hmm. If you're talking about spirit animals, that was uh, several Native American cultures had that sort of uh, that sort of religious belief where they they had they felt they had a connection to some animal in the wild. Hmm. Okay. But yeah, uh, I, I feel I'm like sorry. that would definitely. I definitely feel that two things: environmentalism would be much more of a thing because it's in the country's best interest to keep the best animals alive. And yeah. actually, maybe it would be the opposite. The, the the interest would be to keep like the apex animals alive and what would be seen as tr useless trait animals they'd selectively thin or wipe out mm. just so that like there there's a better chance they're they're the the children of the nation are going to be born with those like apex traits all right one last one i think to, to wrap it up uh back in the 15th century mm-hmm uh, there's a new kind of tree discovered. Okay. Where this tree is harder than, like, iron, shall we say. Mm. And it burns for, like, three times the length of any other piece of wood. Mm -hmm. How would that affect us? Where was it discovered? Give me, give me like, a location. South Africa. Okay, let me think about this. For a start, every country would want to invade South Africa. <laughs> well, right. But the thing is, it would be relatively unknown. In the 1400s, it would be relatively unknown because there were there were Carthaginian explorations that went as far as South Africa, and China went there at some point. And like, but that was we're talking BC at that point. Hmm. Um, the Europeans had only just started exploring. So there was, like, I want to say there was Portuguese outposts there, but I don't think they showed up until the 1500s. So all the, all the tools that you, you'd be able to make with that. Yeah, so what, I, what I'm thinking is, I'm trying to remember if the, the like, the native um, peoples of South Africa had steel... Because they'd need something that would be capable of actually cutting, cutting into it, that yeah. tree, right? Because if they were able to cut it and shape it, then well, they... over time, it would, like, you know, trees fall over, so, I mean... If it's that strong? They, a lot of the time, they fall over... Branches be... wouldn't be that strong, though. They'd be thinner, and iron is fairly brittle, so if it had the same properties as iron... I mean, you could actually end up with it, like, when you end up with the, um... When the Europeans start to go out and explore the rest of the world... Yeah. Um, you could end up with, like, a civilization on their level or beyond them in South Africa. Because if they were able to harvest that material mm, and actually use, utilize it, you could make, you know, pretty strong weapons and tools. They'd be brittle, but they'd be yeah. very strong. You um, wouldn't need to make, like, iron ships. No, and that... that well, and as a fuel source. Like, as a, as a fuel yeah. source, if it's able to burn and hard and hot for that long... There's all kinds of applications for that. So you could end up with a 
advanced civilization that like is more capable than the European explorers who find it when they actually get there. Mm. Um, that's interesting. I, I, I want to give that more thought because I want to see if the the nations that lived in South Africa in the 1400s actually had steel or or metalworking or something like that. Some way to because even if they're if they're able to harvest a little bit of it then they could and shape it into some kind of a tool then they yeah. could use it to harvest more it'd be like a diamond on diamond thing like you can only cut diamonds with other diamonds um i mean it would be theoretically lighter than iron i guess although if it was that dense to to, to be stronger than iron then i guess it wouldn't be what well, it also would have to be pretty dense for it to burn for that long because there's yeah this is, would I mean, it be able to float then? No, no. Something that dense wouldn't float. Okay. But they'd have other trees and stuff to it, like if they were to use that wood to chop down other wood, like it. Yeah, that's why I was th I was posed just now. Like, could they make boats out? Because it, it'd be stronger than, I mean, a lot of modern day boats. They'd be able to well to, but a lot of modern day boats are made out of steel and stuff like that. I don't know. It's yeah, it's yeah, a fascinating concept, and I'd really love to look more deeply into that because that's. That's interesting. Mm, but that's that's my best would, answer is like, if they were able to harvest it and utilize it, then I think um, there might be some fairly advanced um, yeah. civilizations down there for the Europeans to encounter when they get to South Africa. I mean, if you're making like samurai swords and things out of that. It'd be difficult to make a sword out of it because the reason, the reason that swords are made out of steel and not iron, because iron is harder than steel... But mm. iron is very brittle. So if two iron swords clash, they're probably going to snap. Also, you could, like, set it on fire because it'll burn. Flaming sword. But actually, oh, you could use that for arrowheads. Fire arrows. Yeah, but fire arrows, I've heard, um, were not actually used that much in history because they weren't actually all that great. Well, the reason they weren't that great in a lot of cases is because they were dipped in some kind of a substance or wrapped at the end and then lit on fire, and it fucked with the aerodynamics of the arrow. Right. But if you just made an actual uh, arrowhead that, arrow, was, yeah. Yeah, that was made out of that stuff, or you could shoot it... I mean, I feel it. like, why can't you just have a normal fucking wooden arrowhead? Would it just burn too fast and... It would have either burnt too fast or it probably would have shattered. Um, right. Like, and if it, it wouldn't have stuck into anything, because most wood is kind of soft. Mm. I like I like this this idea, but oh, yeah, that's, yeah, that's all I got for it. Okay, there we go. Well, got a decent amount of time done. <laughs> yeah, I, I like these these little story games, but we'll have to. Mm. I think next time we should probably get back to long story short or one of our other uh, little. Yeah, games maybe I have all gone. That's true, we haven't done that one in a while. I'd like to get back to that, because we need to finish mm. it. Alright, well, either way, this is going to be the episode... Oh, this is going to be the episode. This is going to be the end of episode 60 of the TMCJ podcast. Thank you all for listening, and you will hear us again next week. Oh, uh... Um... Nah, I got nothing. <laughs> <laughs>